All right, Chris. This is, um, I think it's my first international. Oh, wait, no. I had someone on from Spain the other day. But you're my second international. Damn it. Second international episode. But um, Chris is a big part of my life, right? So I met you. Did we meet at your revalidation for your loved one? Is that where we yeah. actually met? That was in Miami. Yeah, that was correct. So I talk about it in the book coming up, but your whole crew. So Chris is a head coach. I guess you're all kind of head coaches. Are you a head coach or are you just considered a coach? I'm the head coach here, um, but we have the day split up into basically our two morning full, full-time coaches where our two morning coaches are there and our two evening coaches uh, lunch the rest of the day. So I definitely want to talk today about how at Seven Mile, you guys have things run very well, very efficiently. You've got numerous coaches that are making a full-time living and not like scraping by like right. good money uh running your own programs and we're going to talk about your new initiative the seven mile corrective which i see all over see you walking on the beach talking <laughs> uh, um, but so anyway you guys come through it was you it was just like seven of you I'm, i always leave somebody out but it was like everybody yeah. from seven mile revalidating we were at yeah. crossfit kingdom which i don't believe we've ever gone back to after that seven after that level one <laughs> It was like the size of the closet I'm in right now and just hot. 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 So hot. We, we, you know, we joke about it, but the guys that we were with, we were doing handstand walks in our lunchtime workout and we were sliding. <laughs> I remember that. It was just so slippery. But, you know, you guys are all so great. Then you invited me down to Cayman and that's where I met Roz. Uh, we met at her level one in between, but we kind of continued to talk and you guys were a big part of that. So thank you guys. Uh, you're welcome, man. Thanks for coming down and doing the uh, nutrition seminar as well. That was a really cool event we had yeah. here. And and you met your wife through CrossFit. Yeah, she's actually uh, one of the one of the owners down here. So you know, did my pen in the company Inc. and all that stuff. And uh, now I've got a wife, and she's also uh, we got a baby coming uh, any week now. I was gonna say she's very pregnant at this point, but you can't just brush over that. How does <laughs> I? Uh... How does an employee go about dating the owner of the box? Well, there's there's five of them, and the other the other four are married, so they're in couples as well. And um, some are men. Yeah, that's not that there's true. anything wrong with that, but I mean, you're, you're, we're limiting who your options were. <laughs> <laughs> so she started. Uh, she was actually training uh, when I first got here. We ended up spending a lot of time together as I was coaching her kind of one-on-one and we ended up spending a ton of time together for her to go to regionals. We went to regionals, just uh, the two of us and everything. So things just started to blossom out of that. We actually didn't really like each other when we first met each other because all she wanted to do was Metcon, Metcon, Metcon and run. And I was like, well, you need to lift weights. And she was like, well, who the hell are you? So that was a nice first few months. But uh, we ended up getting past that and uh, we've been together for five, six years now and um, got married in uh, November of 17. And now we got a little girl on the way. It's crazy. You know, and and you, so you've been at CrossFit Seven Mile for nine years now. So you didn't, it wasn't like you got down there and you're like, which one of these women am <laughs> I gonna you know, go after? It took, it took some time, some getting to know each other. And I'm sure there were some talks amongst the owners. Absolutely. Is this, is this okay? Absolutely. And we actually kept it quiet for a while because of that. We were like, this needs to be something that's going to be for real before you ever want to do anything that could harm or 
uh, jeopardize my job or the gym or the situation with the owners. So it was definitely something that was spoken about often. Well, the, the main reason I wanted to talk to you other than really enjoying your presence here. And by the way, you fixed my plantar fasciitis. Yes. You legit did it. I mean, actually, I want to show you something. So as we're talking, I got this thing from Rogue. <laughs> they gave it to us like years ago at a summit. Hell so yes. Like, and if you're not watching the video, it's basically like a 12 foot piece of steel, not 12, yeah. 12 inch piece of steel, um, like a baton. But Chris, yeah. when I was down in Cayman for the holidays, showed me this PVC drill that the, I've since passed on to a couple members of our box. And I swear that's what fixed my foot. I couldn't walk. I remember that. I remember that. I remember, I remember that when we both did that together the first time. Just I was like waiting for the face. And I remember when you uh, stepped on that point and was like, holy shit. No, man. Yeah, that was PVC. Now I'm using metal. And I, you know, as I'm, I'm in this closet a lot, talking to people doing work, and I kind of just do that drill that you told me. I just kind of slowly walk. So if you see me moving around, it's, it's what you told me to do. Hey, it's but, all good. You know, your story is so amazing because you were a high-level baseball player. Were you actually a professional? Yeah, I played for the uh, Boston Red Sox for a little bit and um, some other independent minor league team, professional minor league teams. And you had some serious injuries. Right? You have, like, no part of your arm is missing, basically, right? <laughs> Everything's still there, but uh, I had my, my career basically ended. Um, my shoulder – I'd had an elbow surgery in college, and then I had a shoulder surgery um, – when I got released, my shoulder hurt basically every day that I threw at a certain point. But you can't let go of the dream, so you go out there and you throw through it, and you hope one day it's going to get better. And then I got released and um, went back to South Carolina and had shoulder surgery. And for those of you that only know Chris from current times, you got really heavy. Oh, yeah. So uh, when I got home, I basically just took that – car ride home from uh, Florida up to South Carolina and I cried immensely and then um, I got home and I was like okay that's the end of that my whole life had been predicated on I was going to be a professional baseball player it's kind of who I was who I was I, who I identified with and I went home and I said all right that's it I'm just gonna go get a job now and do what everybody else does um, that basically led me to not ever dealing with the fact I just thought that's kind of how you proceeded on. So three years passed and I went from, I weighed probably 205 to 210 to 207, 275 pounds was the last time I got on the scale. Um, I definitely think I was probably a little heavier than that. Drinking just about four to five nights a week, smoking a couple packs. If I was drinking, uh, it was a pretty, I didn't realize it at the time, but after kind of looking back on it, I was, I was probably pretty depressed. And, um, I used to hide from my family. I used to hide from my friends, um, make up stories. Hey, we're all going to the lake today. Well, I've got to go do something else just because it was too hard for me to deal with. And sitting, I remember sitting on my bed uh, one morning, hungover, about to go to the job that paid me nothing, to something I didn't want to do. And I remember sitting on the edge of my bed where there was a mirror in the bathroom. And I looked at it and I said out loud to myself, I said, this is the next 40 years of your life. And I don't think I've ever been so <laughs> sad about anything than that moment saying that out loud. I'll, I'll never forget that day. Well, and the reason it's so important is because we have a lot of people that listen and 
so many CrossFit coaches are like, I can never make that transition. I can never leave my job. And of course you can extend that to so many aspects of one's life. Like I can never leave this relationship or whatever's going on, but you did it. And I want to talk about that. What was, was it overnight? Was it like I quit and I'm doing, you know, you, you, you started coaching in South Carolina for our mutual friend, Bobby Millsaps, which ultimately led to the connection down in Cayman. But what was the catalyst to get you off that edge of the bed and into the box? So I was at, <laughs> I was at an, an Outback Steakhouse. Um, if you've ever been to Outback, they have an appetizer cheese fries. They're 2,200 calories by themselves. And I was at a table with four other people. And the table ordered an appetizer cheese fries, and I ordered an appetizer cheese fries. So I just finished that. You were embracing like the, I can see you as the fat guy in the group. Like you (laughs) are that guy. You're just the fitter version now, but you're the party guy. Yeah, that's it. I just, I just, I just want I work out now. So I don't go back there pretty much, but it, uh, I went outside and I was smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer and my strength and conditioning coach, uh, Paul Beckwith, um, he happened to walk by and hadn't seen me in four or five years. And he walked by and he almost walked right by me. And I was like, Hey, Paul. And he kind of stopped and looked at me for a second. Like he had no idea who I was. He'd never seen me like that. He was like, Chris. I said, yeah. So we started chatting and he actually opened up uh, the box that uh, Bobby was the manager at called Carolina CrossFit. And he was, we were sitting there talking and he looked at me and he goes, Hey man, I just, uh, just started this uh, CrossFit thing. Um, I opened up a gym. I'll give you a month for free if you want to come in and check it out. If you know anybody else who wants to come, bring it with you. So at the time, I looked at it as, cool, he knows I know some people around town, so he wants me to bring people in. That's why he's giving me a month for free. Um, looking back on it, I, I can see that he was extending his hand out, basically. Here's your opportunity to come help yourself. And isn't that like so much like you're depressed, so immediately you go to that negative spin on it yeah like, that, oh, he he wants something from me not like he's actually trying yeah, to help me that's exactly what i thought i was like cool i'll go in there i'll bring some people with me but you know i get a free month at the gym and i went in the first day and we did the baseline 500 meter row yeah except except ours was a we did a run for some reason we did a 400 meter run which i couldn't do i stopped five times on a 400 meter run i came in and i couldn't do a single push-up. I could do maybe one or two from my knees. Then 15 minutes into the workout, and Bobby's beside me going, come on. And Brandon, her husband, is also standing there. And there's a picture of him. He's just got his arms crossed. And he's just kind of looking down at me. like. I mean, this is like a four-minute workout. You're 15 yeah, minutes in. Exactly. Yeah. So they stopped me, and uh, they talked to me afterwards. I left, and I was like, to hell with this, man. Why would anybody – do this. This is ridiculous. You're going to make, make me pay to come do that and feel like that and be embarrassed like that. And a couple of days went by and I started to realize like I was just playing professional sports and now I can't run 400 meters without stopping four or five times. I'm 26, 27, 25, 26. And I couldn't do that. So I, about a week later after the freaking soreness and the pain went away, especially my ego, I went back in and just like all right i'm here and the great thing about that group of people is that if you were willing to come in and work 
they were willing to help you with whatever they needed, whatever you needed. You need nutrition advice. You want to come work out at the house. Why aren't you here today? I mean, they were just, they took me under their wing and I will forever be grateful for that. And I'll be honest with you that those, those people are probably why I still do it today. Cause I feel like I owe them to help other people the way they helped me. Cause I don't know if I would be here right now had that, scenario not popped up changed my in my entire life how long was it from that baseline till you becoming a coach or getting your level one two and a half years okay so you you stuck with it you kept that job you hated yeah i had to i had to pay for the gym and i and but i was i was working a nine to five job and then as soon as i would leave i would go coach or i would go learn at carolina crossfit and then on the weekends I would go learn at Bobby's gym when she opened up Sport of Fitness. Her and Brandon opened up Sport of Fitness. So I would go to different gyms, and, and I think Bobby saw something in me. Like, I was an athlete, so I picked up things quickly. But what I started asking her, I was like, can I just follow you around? She was like, why? And I was like, well, I just see what these people do and how happy they are. They got a pull-up. They did their first push-up. Their knees don't hurt when they squat. And I was like, I think I'd like to do something like this. It, it, I, just something I'm interested in she said yeah sure you can follow me around she's like don't coach but you could follow me around and kind of learn and then obviously I had to go get my level one and that's kind of where it went from there such a Bobby thing to say don't, <laughs> don't say anything don't don't you say a word that's a Bobby <laughs> um, he just says that to me and I'm not on staff with him so. <laughs> uh, you know but people listening you know, first of all this is what uh, you know 2008, 9, 10-ish, yeah, right? So there wasn't a whole lot of people that weren't the box owners coaching full-time, but you still wanted to improve despite that, even if it's a couple hours a week. And nowadays, you can coach full-time for other people. A lot of people are doing it. Absolutely. And then Bobby coaches the level one for Carl and Wanda and all them, meets them and says, hey, there's this opportunity for you to move to Cayman. Yeah, because Carl's wife, Wanda, they were, she was going to do the majority of the coaching, and then she got pregnant. So uh, they needed to find a coach, and my now wife, Jen, and Bobby just happened to have stayed in touch with each other since that level one. Um, it's kind of like all the stars aligned. I mean, obviously, I'd worked for trying to learn for a long time, but for all of these things, it kind of happened, and Jen reached out and asked Bobby if she knew anybody that could help them open up this brand new gym as they were splitting off from another one. And um, I'll never forget it. I was working at a, another job because I didn't keep them very long. And Bobby called me and she said, I was like, hey, Bobby. She goes, you know you love me, right? And I was like, yeah, what's up? She goes, well, I've got you a job, but I've got you a head coach. I've got you a coaching job, but you have to move. And the way she sounded, it felt it sounded like I was going to like Antarctica or something, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was like, okay, where is it? She goes, you got to move to the Cayman Islands. I was like, sweet, where the hell is that? <laughs> right? <laughs> I know it was in the Caribbean, but I had no idea uh, where it was. So um, I talked to them, and then we got on the phone with the owners. Um, we discussed kind of what our thoughts were, how they wanted to run the gym, how I wanted to run the gym and coach and what mattered to me. And we had this discussion and from that phone call, 
A month later, I had moved my brother into my house. I had sold my truck and came down here for a six month contract for pro like a probationary period. And um, that was nine years ago. Well, pretty forward thinking of Bobby too, knowing she's gonna lose a friend and a, and a coach. But yeah. you know, that is as, as crazy as she is, she's like that. She'd rather see you be happy and successful knowing she's giving something up. She has, she has, she has jokingly said to me before, you know, maybe I should have taken that job. You know, maybe me and Brandon should have lived down there. I was like, well, thank you for not. And I'm always in your debt. Well, nine years is a long time. I mean, most people don't last it on the Island unless they're native, right? For that long. Right. Yeah. At a certain point you have to start making decisions on like legally, you have to either get rolled over and kind of reset your, your work permit or you have to start doing the things to kind of make yourself a permanent resident here. Or marry one, I guess. Exactly. My wife has been here uh, two more years than I have. So she had to get her permanent residency first and legally because we're married. I just put in my application and actually just got it uh, three weeks ago. So you're now a Kamanian? No, not yet. So there's a couple different steps. There's a permanent residency, then naturalization, and then something else. And that's at like 15 years and then you, or a paper commandian, yeah. Gotcha, and will you maintain your US citizenship? Is it a dual citizenship country? Yeah, yeah, Great. it is. Because it's also a, it's a it's a British territory, so you get that as well. If you want to, you can file for a British passport as well. Nice, you can go anywhere in the world. So, now, Seven Mile does some things incredibly well, and of course, gives you the opportunity. I know you guys work with Mad Labs, mm -hmm. right, so you have, you really develop your coaches. What role did that play in your development? It was, it was huge. We got to a point to where um, we were sitting down and, and Carl, our owner, sat us down. He was like, we brought in, I want to say it was some a number like we brought in 180 people the year that we had this chat. And he goes, we have 12 new members still at the end of the year. And he was like, this churn rate is unbelievable. But the way we were kind of bringing people on, it was almost just kind of too aggressive for people here. Hey, here's an, here's an intro with whoever else wants to sign up. Here's why we do CrossFit. Here's what it's done for me. Here's a workout. Do you like it? Come back and show up. Um, and what we were kind of starting to find is that people were just getting overwhelmed with not knowing what was going on sometimes. Uh, it was just a lot of information, even if we had a coach going with them. Um, we didn't have the connection with our clientele that we do now. If somebody was gone, it would take two or three weeks before somebody would notice somebody was not showing up um, just due to how everything was run. Um, and Carl sat down with these numbers one day and he goes, if we get to X, it doesn't matter if we get more people because of the churn rate that we have. It'll never be higher than that. He's like, the gym will never make any more money. You'll never make it. Like, we just kind of sat down and had this like really straightforward meeting about how we needed to change what we were doing. And Carl had seen some stuff with the Mad Lab guys. And at first, like some people, like a lot of people see some of their stuff and what they're asking people to do. And people are like, that doesn't work. It's, it's crazy. You can't do that type of stuff. And um, we realized what we were doing wasn't going to keep our doors open uh, at a certain point. So we went ahead and started going with the Mad Lab system. And there's a lot more monitored coach development 
Um, there's a lot more. They break the day up. You have a certain amount of people under you that are your core tribe, and you have to stay in touch with them. So I know I know so much more about my tribe members than I ever did about all of the members in the gym at one time, and it's really made a much bigger connection. The churn rate it goes way down. You get uh, a bit more quality leads, people who actually want to do it instead of, well, I want to try this for three months and you spent all this time with this person teaching them how to do the movements and then they bail, right? So we get the people that are definitely in, there's a screening process to come through and it's made a massive difference for us and, and our business. So obviously people can check out Mad Labs, mm -hmm. but if you, I always like to give actionable advice. If someone's listening and being a box owner or a coach, what are two, three things that you think they can do to retain members better? First thing is do personal training. It by far and away has changed the outlook of the gym. Um, we even had people when, when we decided to start adding the personal training as a prerequisite, you have to do personal training before you're allowed to go into the classes. Um, and then once you are in the classes, if we do hybrid memberships, so you can do it where it's a personal training session every week, bi-weekly, monthly, every six weeks or quarter. And these are always great for sitting down and touching base. Sometimes they're coming in, hey, I want to work on this. I'm not really good at this in class. This is what I want to get to. But a lot of those are sit-down conversations. How are you feeling? What's going on? How's things at home? Um, what are our goals for next time? This, the personal training has been huge for our retention, getting our members where they want to go um, and setting a path for them. So it's not just you're coming in here to train today because you're supposed to come do your hour. It's, well, here were the three things you said you wanted to do. You wanted to get your cholesterol down. You wanted to do a pull up and you wanted to sleep better. Okay, well, let's see if we did that three months from now or next time we meet. How are we doing? And then you can start having these check-ins so that when something starts to go off track, we can always go back to these. Hey, this is what you said you wanted to do. Is this still the same goal you were looking for earlier? Um, that by far and away has probably been the, the biggest takeaway. And secondly, having coaches, uh, having members underneath a single coach. Um, all of if one of our one of my clients comes to the class any of our coaches are allowed to coach that person but I'm responsible for making sure they're showing up seeing how they're doing getting that personal connection and those touch points have been business changing and especially not just for the business but the clients are so much happier they have access to me we have conversations about the kids it's a whole it's a relationship as opposed to coming in here, cool, I saw you work out today. It's a whole different relationship. Yeah, I mean, what we've talked about in other episodes with coaches is just the best coaches in the world create those relationships. And that's not to say they'll never leave, but when you have that type of relationship with your clients, they're more than likely going to stay longer. And by the way, I appreciate you guys playing Eye of the Tiger in the background. <laughs> yeah, a little touch of black, a touch of gray is coming on. But oh, touch that, of gray, Grateful Dead, uh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, th those things have been, those things have been amazing and the, the relationship portion of it, it's just made it much easier. What's your advice to box owners and coaches that say, because I was guilty of this as well, 
it's hard to get CrossFit members to do personal training. So how we kind of, once we kind of shifted over, we had, we called our legacy members. So the people who were already here, um, we did not require them to start doing personal training because they had been our members. They've been our founding members. Cool. You guys stay with what you got. But what we did decide as a group is that, okay, from here on out, everybody who does want to come join the gym is going to have to do the personal training and they will have to have a hybrid membership. Um, at first that was really scary. We were charging more, it was more time. And what we found out is that if you look at the back end, the people that wanted to do it and were willing to, to have buy-in into this and do those personal training sessions, they stayed afterwards when they went to class, they stayed, they're still a part of the community today. Um, the cool thing about the personal training with the legacy clients is the legacy clients would see we were doing personal training with these newer people and somebody would walk up and be like, well, why can't I do that? We're like, you absolutely can. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we still had people, we still have people to this day. We started this probably four years ago. Um, and we still have people to stay that don't do personal training, but there's like in total, there's probably eight of them out of our entire gym. Everybody else is on, on a personal training and it's also created not just personal training for people in the gym, but other people who may not, who don't want to do high intensity movement. They, they just want to come in and do something just for them. That's it. There's a whole nother Avenue of just one-on-one -on -one personal training and, it, it just opens up over other avenues for you to do things. Right. Believe it or not, not everybody wants to do CrossFit, but everybody wants to be healthy and fit. Absolutely. So that's probably a good segue into your new program, Seven Mile Corrective. Yeah. So we have another mutual fan, Sean Pastuch, who I've interviewed recently um, for the show. I've known him a long time and he runs Active Life. Really, really good stuff out there. And you're one of his coaches, correct? Correct. So where did this program come from and what's the intention of it? And how can other people implement similar things at their box? So it, it all started from, I did the first Active Life seminar that they did in New York, which was just a flexibility assessment from the ground up. Um, and it was just that all weekend. We immediately learned how to do this and it was ingrained into us to do, this is what you do, blah, 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 blah. So I could immediately take that back and bring it to my other coaches. And just in the, that two day seminar, I was able to start seeing things in the gym and we have marathon programs here as well, where I could see things with these people that normally would never want to, they don't want to do CrossFit. They just want to run. But I had an avenue of going, I know why your back hurts while you, when you run that I didn't know before. Um, so that immediately made it where, okay, this is actionable. This is making this is get, this is making this is getting me more personal training. This is me helping more people. Um, so then I did the immersion program that they do, which also helps you learn. You know, this is what you see. Here's some ways to fix it in a group setting as well as on your own. Um, but before I did that, I, I saw I found something here that I started to notice was doctors, chiropractors, physiotherapists, and coaches were rarely on the same page here. I'm not sure how it is everywhere else but they're rarely on the same page you have clients coming in and they're like their yoga instructor is telling them they need to stretch more i'm telling them they need to lift more the chiropractor is telling them they don't need to do x the physiotherapist is telling them they don't need to do x and the doctor is telling them 
stop doing anything if it hurts, right? So now you've got five different opinions going back and forth for this person who has an injury or is coming back from an injury, and what do they do? Well, to hell with it. I'm, I'm just going to stop doing anything, or they keep going and they get even more hurt. So what I wanted to do is try to find a way that I could work with certain of these other health professionals. So we have two physiotherapists and two chiropractors I work with now. And what we do is we work together saying the same thing for the client or to the client after we've both spoken to each other. Um, so if somebody's having shoulder pain, putting their hands over their head, if I can't instantly know why or figure out why, I will send them to one of these uh, health professionals and then they will talk to me and we will come up with a plan to help this person. So now you have two people working together saying the same things to help you get out of discomfort or pain or whatever it is. So that was one side of it. And then the second side was if you have somebody in your gym who's constantly hurt, it starts to get annoying. It starts to become demotivating and then they stop coming and then you have to hawk them down and then they just kind of slow down and fade away. What I wanted to do is have another avenue of that where you'd be like, hey, let's just take you out of the classes for a little bit. Let's look at what's going on. Let's take three, six months. Let's fix these things. And then you can go right back to doing whatever you want to do. See if anybody was interested in that. Um, still using those other health professionals to help me with this. And so far, it's been extremely successful. We have got uh, almost 13, uh, I think I have 13 people in this program in one way or the other. Um, and being able to have these conversations with these other health professionals is helping these people get better. And it's not a referral program. There's no money being exchanged between me or the other health professionals. It's just, we want to help people get back to doing what they want to do. It's a terrible business model with the exception of referrals. Um, but it's been, Oh, and surgeries, people come from surgery, you go to physiotherapy, you get your range of motion back. And now you come back to the gym. Well, I might as well start doing some kip and pull-ups, right? Like we want to have that place because there's, there's nobody to tell you what to do there. So we now have a space where we create that. Cool. You've just come from the physiotherapist. You have full range of motion of your shoulder. I talk to the physiotherapist. This is what you can and can't. I don't want you to do. Cool. I work outside of that. And then we work together to get you back to where you don't need me anymore. So, I mean, this is great. And I think really this is the direction CrossFit's going to go, right? Where, you know, everybody sees CrossFit health. That's what it's all about. It's not how fit can you get in two years? It's how fit can you get and stay healthy. And if you do too much too soon, you're not going to do either. But 100%. people, you know, a lot of coaches listening. And I think with some of the people we've had on, you included, it's like, oh, that's Chris Spigner. He's been doing this forever and he's here. No, you started this really within the last year, year and a half, and it's been incredibly successful. So if coaches are listening and they want to work more than you know, two hours a week or leave their full-time job like you do, what are some actionable things they can do now, whether it's create their own corrective program or you know, what, what can they do to make this a full-time living like you have? Hmm. First, the first thing you got to do is put in time. Like, and I know you don't think that there is any, I work an eight hour day and then I've got to do this, but if it's important to you, you'll make it happen. And I think that's, I think that's a really important point of this. Yeah. Things had to align for me to get where Bobby and all of that had to happen. But for two, two years, I followed them around and I spent time that 
I quote, didn't have, following them around, trying to learn how they were doing the things they were doing, because it was interesting to me, because I wanted to somehow have it be a part of my life, and then ended up starting coaching there. Um, I think the hardest part for most people is just to take a step. It's like, well, I can't do this. It's, I don't have any time. I can't. I'm not going to have time. I don't want to. There's all these other things instead of going, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this step and then evaluate what happened, right? Um, taking just a little bit of action is way better than thinking about all of the things that aren't going to work. Yeah, I think I was just having this conversation today and it's so many people are paralyzed by thinking about what they have to do instead of like you said, just do a little bit, you know, oh, you think working out is going to be so hard. Well, if you do 15 minutes four times this week, you've done an hour of exercise. It's better than zero. That's another monster thing is that you can't, you can have this massive, massive goal, but I mean, that's just like having somebody come into your box and go, I want to get in shape. And you look at them and go, okay, stop eating crap, sleep eight hours a night, come in here five days a week, blah, blah, blah. And you give them all these things to do. Nothing happens. But if you look at them and you go, how much water do you drink? Well, I don't drink much. Do you think you could have three glasses of water every day? No. Okay. Do you think you could have three glasses of water three days a week? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. That week, did you do that? Yes. It builds. Do you think we could do a fourth day? I think everybody wants to make stuff happen too fast. It took me three and a half years to get fat. It took me four years to get rid of it. I mean, yeah. it doesn't disappear. And I think what gets overlooked is for a lot of us, we are goal oriented. We're driven people. I mean, you were a professional athlete, right? But for a lot of people, this is their first exposure to fitness and you're giving them little wins along the way. And they, Absolutely. you know, Oh wow. I drank three glasses of water. Coach Chris is going to be excited versus I'm letting him down. Now I don't want to show back up. And that was, 100%. that took me a long time, you know, for a lot of people with me with nutrition these days, like they want all of it. I'm like, Hey, I need you to download my fitness pal and track for this week. That's it. Eat whatever you eat, but just track. Very, very cool. So what's the goal with your program? Do you want to stay on Cayman? Do you want to extend it out there? Are you working with uh, Sean at Active Life? The goal with the program as of, as of now is also to create. Um, so personally, there's just, I, I don't, I'm pretty busy and I don't want to create more hours on the floor. I want to find another way to help people without actually having to constantly be there. Um, I've set, I've, I've gone into this mode of these are the hours I'm going to work and that's it, or I'm going to be at the gym and that's it. Because, um, I think as a lot of us, we want to help people. We want to get into it. I'm going to be there for 10 hours a day. And then after three months of that, you're just like, Jesus Christ, I can't imagine going in and it becomes a burnout thing. And I tried that. I wanted to see if I could do it and I couldn't. So I found a schedule that works for me. And what I want to do is I would like to build this program up enough to where I can actually have other coaches come underneath me that might be interested in doing something like that. And then have that being run out of, um, CrossFit seven mile and have that program there. And it maybe ends up becoming its own separate thing. I mean, that's down the road, but being able to work with a select group of people that can fit within the hours, being able to have a personal life, being able to help people and being able to make money while I'm not at the gym as well, because I feel like 
when you say that as a coach that you would like to make a living i think some people are like i can't believe he said that like he wants to just make money by not being at the gym i feel like that's something in our profession that needs to be kind of kiboshed a little bit yeah as our buddy would say turn pro <laughs> but you know and it's true like we talk about it all the time like when was the last time you went to a restaurant and asked for a discount on your burger yeah. <laughs> no one has a problem doing it for your coaching services. Um, Absolutely. So no, that's really great to hear. And I think a lot of people will take you up on it. And I don't think having a daughter adds more hours to your day. So exactly. it's probably a good time to do something like that. <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> Very cool. And, and like I said, if you're listening, man, you gave me one drill to do. And I was working for probably two months to try to figure out how to fix my foot and it did it. So now that's just one example. I don't know that Chris can do that for every injury for everybody. Um, <laughs> worst case is you have to take a trip to Cayman. Right? Oh, no. so, so that's a, that's not a bad place to be to get your uh, plantar fasciitis hooked up. Well, I told you ahead of time, I was going to ask you for a book recommendation. Do you have one? I do. It's uh, essentialism by Greg McCown. Um, it's, unbelievable it, it's it's had a massive impact on my life about trying to cut things down and doing the most important thing first figuring out what needs to get done and it allows you just to clear some space especially with what we as coaches are doing a lot of the times you're at the gym and you're on your phone in between message in between classes with a with clients and your members and then you go home and you do some more work and then oh i forgot to it just allows you to compartmentalize everything um, and start realizing what are the things you want to say yes to, how to say no to people. Um, it's just a very, very interesting book. I've given it to probably six or seven people down here, um, but it just creates space for you to get other things that are important to you done. Yeah. It's been recommended a couple times on the show. I've read it. Um, I think it was earlier this year, if not the end of last year, but it was one of my favorite books at that time. And I highly, highly believe it if you've not read that. So, so on that topic, let me ask you, what are a few things you've, you kind of alluded to them, but what are some things you've actually implemented in your life? Cause like we said, you're busy, you're having a kid, you're married, which takes time. You're developing this basically new company while doing all of this, having a daughter. What, what are some things that you do regularly that people can take from that? Um, I, I break my day up into uh, certain hours, so I know what I'm going to do pretty much each day. I wake up at the same time. I have the same morning routine. Um, I work out at the same time so that if something happens, I'm not looking at emails during those times. I'm not looking at messages during those times. I set up hours where, okay, for the next 30 minutes, my phone's face down. I'm doing emails. That's the this hour is for. Nothing else gets in the way of those of those of that 30 minutes in those emails no other windows pop open um, if I'm working out from X amount of time to X amount of time cool I know that but that means I have to be prepared for that the night before so if I'm gonna eat a certain thing so it just starts to put things compartmentalized and you start to realize that just because you don't answer that email in 30 minutes doesn't mean everything's gonna fall to shambles so there are certain times where I don't answer email once I go home emails are out clients are out it's, it's home time. It's my wife's time and my time and will soon be my daughter's time. That's um, how she got pregnant, isn't it? 
that's pretty much how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Put that phone down and let's get yeah. We but got I mean, something to do. It's it's very true. You know, I think too many of us are just just the other day I'm like, I need to get away like and go into the mountains and get away from this thing. And it's like when you stop and realize, no, you're in control. Like someone texts you, that doesn't mean you have to get back to them immediately and they'll still 100%. be there and life will go on and people respect that. I think it's a probably the the biggest challenge in this day and age is, you know, dealing with the dinging and notifications and sounds and like other, other people will start to learn. Other people start to learn your, your pattern. Oh, well it's after, it's after eight. Chris isn't going to respond. I know I'm going to hear from him tomorrow. And it also allows you to create your space. Like, Hey, why don't you message me back? Because I don't message people back at this point at this time. Sorry. And then people either figure it out or if it's super important, you know, they'll find a way to get in touch with you. But it, you just start to realize everything isn't as important as you originally thought it was. Yeah. And that's how you get a few more hours in your day to follow Bobby around and, uh, <laughs> and now look at it. Well, if, if you want to reach out to Chris, they can do it on social media. I know you have your personal coach, Chris, three, four, five. Yep. What's that? What's three, four, five, by the way. Three, four, five is the area code in Cayman. Okay. So you coach Chris three, four, five, and then seven mile corrective, seven, the number mile yep. corrective. And I'm going to actually have a couple of people that I want to send to you that have been, um, you know, that need some programming or some stuff. You do that virtually now, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Anybody with plantar fasciitis, <laughs> Got reach you. out. Reach out. You are the. You you should specialize. Like all you handle is That's plantar it. fasciitis. You would have That's a full time job doing that. Everybody. So many people have that these days. Everybody's got it. And it's really a simple fix. That's it. Well, it's it's great to uh, catch up with you. Hopefully, I'm sure we'll see you again in the next year or so. Roz drags me down there. <laughs> it's terrible uh, being drugged down here, huh? Well, if you knew her family, it would be. <laughs> it's, it's not quite the same vacation everybody else gets down there, but. Uh, you could just stay with us. Yes, I think uh, I told her next time I, I find my own spot, they, uh, I can handle them. <laughs> but uh, it's been great. We'll, we'll definitely hop in for the work. I mean, and we've not even touched upon it. The box is amazing. Roz is always, just the other day, she was bringing up something that you guys do well um, that she wanted to see for, you know, brought to our box and that there's additional work people can do outside of class. You guys, right. you know, have people getting warmed up before class. You make sure everybody said, I mean, it's one of the most welcoming communities. You, I, I've heard the coaches, every class I've been to, they're always saying, Hey, make sure you go shake hands with all the new people. So those things are happening. Clearly having a good coaching staff helps, but you know, Carl and Wanda, the trickle-down effect, everybody there, it's, it's a great community. And, you know, I'm proud to – I feel bad because every time I'm on Cayman, it's the only box I go to. And I meet a lot of boxes at their <laughs> level ones. So they're like, come in, you know, there's CrossFit Cayman and a couple others. I'm like, no, I go to Seven Mile. So, so uh, it, it's, it's great to, to have a relationship with you guys. I appreciate everything you guys have done. I appreciate it too, Jason. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. Well, if I don't talk to you before the baby, good luck with everything. And um, uh, it was great chatting with you. Tell Jen good luck with the birth. I, I don't know if you're supposed to say that or not. but I, I don't know either. Tell her, all... you, you, I think your job is just to stand there and be like, you got this, honey. You're but, killing uh, it. You're killing it. Yeah. This is easier than uh, 
the CrossFit Games. <laughs> um, I appreciate it, Jason. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good rest of the day. You too, buddy. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, one more time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and send us any feedback you have to at Best Hour of Their Day on Instagram and Best Hour of Their Day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.